you know, sometimes you just, you don't know what you got till it's gone. But we're still here. And this is The Push Off. Hey everybody, welcome to the new episode of the Push Off Podcast, your favorite weekly NFL show that discusses everything that happened last week while it gets you ready for the next. I'm your host, Scott Hogan. Joining us as always, it's Dan sulking in his tent. Right. Dan, uh, we tell the people we're coming to you guys a day later than usual this week because of Halloween and the All Hallows Eve and us being uh, family men now. Well, that's the cover story. <laughs> that's the cover story. The real story. story is you and I, on Tuesday night, had to fly out to Vegas <laughs> to talk to our, our boy Mark, because uh, he was having a bit of a crisis of consciousness, and I think we pointed him in the right direction. We go, Mr. Davis, uh, and then, you gotta listen. Yeah. And then we gave him a haircut, and we went to P.F. Chang's, <laughs> so I think we had a pretty good night. We had a good boys' night. The pictures will be yeah. online later. Um, and he made some calls late. We didn't think he'd pick up that phone because it was after yeah. hours. Uh, he was fucked up. Was, I'll tell you what. He's like, no, I'm doing it. I want to do it. I want to get it done. Well, we're just, it's like yeah. him getting fucked up was like, when you break up with your girlfriend who's been cheating on you, but you're like, you're like, I fucking, I, I still love you, but I can't do this anymore. Yeah. Forget <laughs> it. I can't. I'm sorry, Josh. I got my guys here. Let's do this thing. My dudes are here. We're ready to go. And what, what we're discussing is that, yeah, the Raiders fired head coach Josh McDaniels and their GM Dave Ziegler um this means the offense coordinator is going to and probably a lot of other people but uh those are the big names um last night uh okay so we got this at like midnight our time LA time or Vegas time that's uh that's the west coast so that's 10 p.m or so yeah uh so after um if McDaniels I don't know how much of a family man he is if he got home with the kids from trick-or-treating and then got the call but oof (laughs) a weird one uh for them yeah trick-or-treat uh trick (laughs) you're out you trick-ass bitch um that's just a year and a half of head coach uh yeah of the Raiders um record nine and 16 awful so this is the second time this fucking guy has been fired in his second year as a head coach. Like, when you get fired midway through the second year, like, that's different from getting fired at the end of the second year. Yeah. And I... It's almost... It's yeah. hard to overestimate how big of a difference it is letting someone finish out the year versus being like, we got to get this motherfucker out of here right now. Like, when stuff like this happens, it's either because you're a veteran coach who's like... Hey, we're going to move, you know, we're going to move on, you know, it's going to be like three more games, you know, make your accommodations or it's like, we hate you so fucking much. I don't want to see your fucking face yeah. anywhere in the building for the next month and a half, two months. We'll talk about the game in Detroit and stuff like that. And maybe that led up to it in some ways, but at the other time it just felt like maybe the players were quitting on him. Maybe this was like a, just a full on uh, mutiny. Yeah, because, I mean, they acquired Devontae, and he talked about it. He's like, I thought I was coming here to play with Derek. True. And then I played with Derek, and then they got rid of Derek, 
And then I'm like, I guess I'm still here. Like, that is not the sound a man makes when he's excited to come to work. Well, you know, or like really on board with the direction the ship is headed. Trade deadline came and went. They didn't buy nor sell. Uh, Devontae Adams was like, well, I'd like to be traded in. They go, no, you're a prisoner here. <laughs> yeah, doesn't sound fun for him. So uh, linebacker coach Anthony, Anthony, excuse me, Antonio Pierce to be interim. Uh, former New York Giants. Yes. Uh, yeah, former New York Giants linebacker. Really good. Uh, always a no idea harder worker than he was yeah. athletic. So, you know, it's those guys. When, like, when you ever see those, like, freak athletes mm-hmm. uh, or, like, high-achieving linebackers that become coaches, you're like, eh, I worry about that. Uh, when you have a guy that you knew was, like, a grinder that was, like, a film room monster, you're like, all right, Antonio Pierce, good to see you. Um, and he's not doing it for the Giants, so I don't care. So to Josh McDaniels here, did the, is there any argument that of these two trips, one in Denver, got a decade back, and now this one in in uh, Vegas, that maybe they didn't give him enough leeway to make this that Belichick-like team? I mean, that's been talked about. No. No, not even close. Um, this was a dysfunction. I mean, number one, the Raiders are a dysfunctional organization. Sure. Like... We talked about how they're like, oh, like they get, they improve a little bit, and then they're like, we got to get rid of this guy because we're not, he's not holding the standard of the, you know, the black and silver, the silver and black, the Raiders standard. And then they like take a regression. Mm -hmm. And they're like, okay, we're building it back up. And then he doesn't build it up fast enough. They're like, you're not holding the standard. It just becomes this weird cycle of like, I don't want to compare it to my Cowboys, (laughs) but the, but like the Cowboys are not America's team, right? Like we haven't been, a top flight. We've been good. We've been competitive for the last 20 years or so, but like we haven't been a winner, a consistent winner since the nineties. The Raiders haven't been a consistent winner. And I mean, you could just discount those two years in the early two thousands when Rich Gannon went insane, but like they haven't been a contender since the fucking Mm eighties. Like since Lyle Alzado. Yeah. You know, that's a long time, man. That's a long fucking time to not be even relevant. But that makes sense when you have the history and you have an ownership that's been around since that history. Sometimes it's hard to shake the, uh, well, it worked back then attitude and get get with the times kind of thing. And a lot of other teams have done that. So maybe that's your connection you're seeing, like kind of mirror with the Cowboys. But it's the different organizations and you get good luck and bad luck with stuff. Um we watched this Raiders I, team with... This isn't good luck, bad luck. This no. is bad management. Bad management? This is bad management. Yeah, that's like... Well, who's managing good luck, bad luck. the Raiders? Are you talking the ownership? Ownership. Yeah. It's terrible ownership. Like, they've... You hire guys like Mike Mayock. You hire analysts mm-hmm. out of the booth in Mayock and Groot. I was going to bring them up, yeah. And then they just make a fucking joke of the thing, you know? Like, I, I'll grant you, GMs, even the best GMs, hit on, like... 30% of the dudes that they draft, like even amazing GMs only hit on like 30% of the dudes. But to completely strike out on every first round pick, like to get take guys that everyone was like, hey, that's a bit of a fucking reach, you know, universally. Like if you're trying to outsmart the entire NFL, you're going to get exposed as a fucking moron. Yeah. Like that's just the way it goes. Um, yeah. Like they haven't been, they haven't had steady leadership since Al Davis died. And even that was, like, steadily insane leadership. <laughs> True. This is just, like, steadily inept leadership. Oh, oh sorry. No, not even steadily inept. Volatility <laughs> inept. Like, it's just ins- I don't know who is going to want... I mean, somebody's going to take the job. It's a head coaching job in the NFL. But, like, what is Vegas. attractive now about the Raiders? Vegas. 
You get there's some money there. Sure. I mean, honestly, he'll throw stuff uh, your way. Yeah, I don't know. You need. I don't feel like Davis is a. Uh, well, he just got rid of another head coach very fast. But I was gonna say I don't feel like he's a guy who really is demanding you hire, you know, take players, positions, stuff like that. Like you, you let your coaches and your GMs build the team. I feel like Gruden built his team, and I felt like. It was just a bad team. Yeah, this guy's building his team. Yeah, McDaniel and Ziegler were building their teams too. It just felt, yeah, felt like they were getting some weird, making some weird choices and keeping some guys, I don't know. But again. You know what it honestly comes down to? Yeah. And this is going to sound weird. Do you know where they fucked up big time? Not retaining Rich Passaccia. Yes. Yeah. Somebody brought if it they up. Had like, retained, can they get him back? He's just sitting in Green yeah. Bay. Green Bay's not doing anything with him. Like, Gruden had him going okay. Like, it wasn't, Gruden wasn't terrible. You know, he was like 50 50, mm-hmm. but you could tell the, like, the, it was changing a little bit. Guys loved Rich Passaccia. They, they did. loved him, man. And he they competed got him into the playoffs. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, got him into the playoffs. Didn't win, no. but got him into the playoffs. And then, you know, that Something team outperformed. Right. That's what they thought they were Something getting to. Build on. to. Okay, well. To fucking restart with Josh McDaniels. I just don't get it. I don't get it. And now they've made this horrible fucking mistake, and now we're on to Antonio Pierce. Yeah, you're dragging in Jimmy Garoppolo. We knew that wasn't a sexy move. He's going to get well, benched so he doesn't get I'm hurt. sorry. It was a pretty sexy move. Uh, sexy when I say <laughs> Jimmy sexy. Jimmy G. Yeah. That's true. It works on a couple levels. Um, but because he gets guaranteed money if he ends up on the injury uh, list, he's going to get uh, shelved. Just like they did with Carr last year. So they'll oh, do sure. that again here with uh, Jimmy Jean. We'll see O'Connell uh, get his try. But there you go. You get some young guys and stuff in there. Maybe some excitement from these Raiders. But that's it. That's it for this season. Um, the trade deadline. You want to move on to that? Oh, yes, please. I wrote down the the big names that moved. I think I got them all. Starting with uh, Leonard Williams going to the Sea. I kind of just did in the order they happened. Leonard Williams going to the Seahawks defensive tackle from the Giants. The Giants are getting a second rounder for him but i think they're also paying him still yeah but at this point like that's sunk money you know what i mean like you kind of budgeted for it it is what it is to get a second round pick from a guy that was going to leave in free agency anyway you weren't going to re-sign him Mm -hmm. to a fucking you weren't going to tag the guy so if he's leaving in free agency you're going to get a third round better than compensatory that's right makes sense the giants aren't going anywhere this year they know they're not having a talent like leonard williams that they can get for a second i'm sure they would have loved to have gotten a second and a fifth but i think a second is fair for the talent and where he's going to a uh, the division leading <laughs> seattle, seattle seahawks. seahawks win-win too seahawks can get a guy that they can immediately use um the defensive end montez sweat going to chicago bears uh and bears giving washington their second rounder uh we, you, we talked about this Started a bit before yeah yeah, but uh, Montez, they need to re-sign this guy to an extension because... He's on his last year. He's on the last year. He's on pace to have double-digit sacks this year. Yeah. And Montez Sweat has actually had a pretty good career, but he's never passed uh, double-digit sacks. In his second year, he had nine. In his third year, he had an injury and only played ten games. He's got six so far. He's on pace for a decent amount uh, of production. But he's 27 years old. This is a second contract. You've got to sign him to something because if he does hit free agency or if you have to sign this guy to a franchise tag after giving up a second round pick for him, Jesus, man. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. I don't, I just don't know what the Bears are doing. Well, if they immediately sign him to an extension, I get it. You get team control. You basically, you know, you're bidding against yourself for at least six months in the negotiating table. Um, they can't trade a second-round pick and then let this fucking guy go to free agency. Right. It just can't happen. Yeah, that's the one thing. Like, I get it if Everflus is building a defense for the future kind of thing. 
that's sure. where his mindset is. I mean, he moved this team to a 4-3. He's a defensive end that, that purely fits in that. I get that stuff, but you got to hold They've on to They've had the worst pressure yes. in the league They needed this somebody like terrible. this, but again, what is he going to do this year? when the Bears are certainly not buyers. But uh, for the future, makes sense. But again, he's not here for the future yet. It's a very good point. Yeah. Um, let's also talk about the uh, other Washington defensive end that they sent off, Chase Young, going to 49ers for a third rounder. The injury-prone but incredibly talented Chase Young for a third-round pick. He went early. He went second overall after uh, yeah. Joe Burrow. He wasn't – was he a uh, elite he was he was an elite prospect. Elite, the 49ers. He's the only one I'm really worried about now. Yeah, getting another elite. Guy Although he was line. defensive rookie of the year, so it's kind of like ah, eh, you could you could say that he kind of already achieved what that the is. status of like good draft pick. But let's but say yes. he catches up to what you think he might be able to accomplish, and you put him opposite Joey Bosa, another elite <laughs> defensive end coming out of the draft. Scary things could happen. Oh yeah, I hate it so much. Um, it's one of my least favorite things is the idea of playing the Niners again and having Joey Bosa and Chase Young both like get it together. Some, uh, um, yeah, quarterback killers there. As a fucking Michigan fan and a Cowboys fan, don't want that. (laughs) Don't want to see those motherfuckers lining up across from each other and meeting at the quarterback. Um, I think it's... I love the trade from the Niners mm-hmm. because you're basically kicking the tires on a 24-year-old with a high ceiling. I actually like this from the Washington Commanders as well because you're like, okay, listen, we're done this year. Like, when we say we're done, we're done. Like, we just took two pillars or two sides of our defensive <laughs> yeah. ends and just shipped them off. Like, they're not going to resign with us. Get something. you got a second-round pick and a third-round pick. The Bears are going to be a top five or ten in the second mm-hmm. round. You're probably a late third-round pick for the 49ers, but still, you're getting value, you're getting assets. Um, it just makes so much sense that the Niners would do something like this. It's so fucking annoying. Um, I just don't know how they're going to pay him. Honestly, I don't. Like, I think this is for the Niners a one-year rental. Um, um, I don't think he comes back yeah. for them. Uh, but then on the other – well, and that makes sense because of where the Niners are now and what they could do this season. Um, have you guys played the – have your Cowboys played the Commanders at all yet this season? No, not yet. Ah, lucky you, lucky you. <laughs> yeah, we get to, <laughs> we that get to double up. dip, baby. Um, on to my team, uh, the Vikings traded for Josh Dobbs. We know why. Arizona's getting a sixth rounder. Vikings getting back a seventh rounder that I hear can be a conditional sixth rounder. So all said and Makes done sense. here, yeah, they don't really give anything up here to get a QB no. that is depth, hopefully. Um, but if nothing else, a guy that at least has some starting experience. And they were done with Dob- Clayton Toon is going to be the the starter there in Arizona, and so it's like and okay, well, you're not Murray's coming back too. He's starting to practice. Yeah, Murray's going to come back. Clayton Toon, you want to kick the tires on him? You don't really need a guy like Josh Dobbs anymore. Plus, he hasn't been performing super well, but he is a smart guy with starting experience, and you need that in the quarterback room uh, to a Vikings team that's right in the heart of the NFC Wild Card race. <laughs> yeah, so somehow, um, yeah, I get it, man. I get it. Plus two, uh, interesting on this uh, side for the Cardinals. We had, right after the loss uh, to the uh, Ravens, head coach coming out there saying, Josh Dobbs going to get the start next week. Even though Murray was uh, practicing, he jumped on in front of that. And then, actually, it's going to be Tuner or Murray. Dobbs is not going to. And they're like, well, what What was the change? Yeah, just we looked back at the tape, took a look at it again. It's like, no, you got some trade calls. <laughs> 
<laughs> Let's oh, be absolutely. So he had to change his uh, his tune there to Mr. Tune, uh, probably for QB mm. this week. You see, I did it. Is that, is that the episode title, Changing Your Tune? Oh, that could be. That's not a bad one. Um, Maybe. We'll see what happens. It's tough. It's a tough reach for, for this Cardinals QB that might not even start. I don't know yet. Um, <laughs> it's a deep cut, real deep cut. It's a real deep cut. Uh, Vikings are getting back that sixth rounder that they traded away to uh, as they gave their guard, Ezra Cleveland, to the Jaguars. Um, Ezra Cleveland's good. He came from uh, Boise State as a tackle, mm-hmm. though, and from what I've been hearing is his contract is ending and he wants to try to be a tackle because that's where the money is, let's be honest. If he can oh, be sure. a starting tackle, he'll make a whole lot more than being a starting guard. So, Well, tell that to Zach fucking Martin. He's fucking loaded. That's true. I mean, unless you're the best of the best. Um, so, anyways... He'll move on to Jacksonville, where he does probably have an opportunity to be the tackle there, um, if not. Well, they had uh, Walker Little went down. Yeah, so he's going to get chances there. And we he, due to injury last couple of games, wasn't in there anyways, and Dalton Reisner filled in nicely. We've got Chris Reed coming off IR back too, so I'm not too worried about the depth, but he was an immediate rookie starter, played through, not a lot of penalties, not a lot of issues with him. He's a solid guy, so... Jaguars got a yeah. solid guy. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, wide receiver, uh, going back to Michigan. Be the Lions. Uh, Lions are getting, or Browns are getting a sixth rounder for the following year for him. 2025 sixth rounder. I mean, when you're done with a guy, you're done with a guy. If you can get any assets for him whatsoever, it just makes sense. I guess. I, I thought he was still performing, but maybe it's just different, uh, different regime there than when he came yeah. in. Great athletic profile, Marvin Jones leaving Lions due to family shit, and then they basically just cut him. It's like, okay, you need another guy that can maybe they be a do. playmaker, maybe be a kick returner. So I think it's a, I think it's a great tire kick for the Lions. Yeah. And then um, Rasul Douglas, defensive back, going to the Bills, uh, and the Bills are getting a fifth rounder. Packers getting a third rounder for that trade. Does it make you feel happy to know that the Packers are sellers? It does. It any. <laughs> In a scenario that we're going to get to again, that could be a, you know, it is one of the darker uh, timelines that could happen this season. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. The, this Packers and Bears and where they're finishing up is is what's making this be like, you know what, it's not that awful. It could be a whole <laughs> could, lot worse. could be worse. Yeah. So anyways, let's get to what I believe was an amazing week of uniforms. Um, we had just some uh, amazing throwbacks. And some great matchups. Dan, your Cowboys were wearing a jersey I didn't hate at home with your uh, dark blue ones. It's the bad luck blues, baby. Whatever. It's the bad luck blues. I, I don't know how they can stick week. around as bad luck for so long. You know, that was about seventies or eighties or whatever. Dolphins wearing their throwbacks. Um, Seahawks. We knew about the, uh, the Oilers look. We got to see. I mean, even the line. The line. You're excited there in Tennessee, though. Fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Bengals and Niners matchup looked good. Uh, the the Broncos and Chiefs matchup looked good. The Bears in L.A. looked good. Everything did. I The only ones I really had problems with was like the all maroon Washington or the all red Cardinals just kind of looked a little boring to me. But that and then the, the Gray Bowl, I told you about the Gray Bowl there. And uh, Monday night, uh, luckily those Lions blue helmets kind of saved the day. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense to do great jerseys when you're playing the Raiders. I don't know. <laughs> no. Anyway. Don't even bother. You're like. Nobody's gonna watch this anyway. Let's try. Let's try some weird oddball colors. I guess so. Um, so here we are. We're gonna talk about the games. Uh, there's a few that could be game of the week. Do you want to take a guess on what I picked, Dan? I didn't tell you. Uh, game of the I don't week. Think you're um, guess 
Um, was it Cowboys? Yeah, right. Beating the shit out. No, it wasn't them. I'm gonna give it. Um, okay, I'm gonna. I, go ahead. I think you're gonna make a weird choice. I think you're gonna say Texans Panthers. <laughs> That's right, Dan. I'm giving it. You're correct. I'm giving it to the team that just won their first game of the season, the Carolina Panthers. Man. See, I, listen, man. We've been doing this for seven years. I I know when I've I you know, buried it. the lead. You're on top of it. So Panthers beat the Texans, fifteen to thirteen. Neither of us picked it. We were thinking Texans were gonna take that one. Yeah. Um. Texans D had six sacks in this one, but uh, Young threw the touchdown. Pinheiro had three field goals. Look, it was a it was a slow moving offensive game. If if yeah. is the nice way to put it. Um, Stroud's worst of the year. Stroud's worst of the year. Young started to have a little bit more confidence, and you know gets the best of Stroud again as the college was. Um, but it was uh, Panthers with two field goals and then the Texans with a touchdown and the two point conversion no good that led us to 13 to 12 into the fourth quarter Texans after that nothing really happened until Panthers get the ball and then just held on to it for dear life as soon as they got in field goal range milked it milked the clock <laughs> Texans were so pissed off they're jumping outside as many times as they could but didn't work out uh, they, they kicked the game winner and win it Panthers win their first one there is no more winless teams in the league congrats what is uh yeah hugh jackson uh remove your dick from a <laughs> vacuum cleaner i guess you know, <laughs> the dolphins pop champagne hugh jackson's like all right i'll take that out finally of yeah finally it's been in there for weeks <laughs> i'm turning blue uh so oh boy. i think <laughs> well him and whoever the fucking lions head coach i can't remember <laughs> Uh, used to be the cow. Oh, Marinelli, Rod Marinelli, oh, yeah. former D coordinator for the Cowboys. Fuck me. Um, this was kind of the perfect storm of like what would happen to the Panthers. The Panthers played an absolutely fucking average game, yeah. like just the most like paint my numbers, simple fucking bullshit you could do. But defensively, confounded a rookie quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't want to talk about this game too much no. because I want to talk about um. There once was a playoff. There once was a uh, a quarterback drafted number one overall and a quarterback drafted number two, and the quarterback drafted number two came out like gangbusters, absolutely torching the league, throwing you know throwing the ball all over the yard, and the number one overall was struggling pretty badly, and that was back in nineteen ninety eight. Oh, I know these two. That was Ryan Leaf and Peyton Manning. Yeah, yeah, and didn't keep it going. Uh, Ryan Leaf fell off a fucking cliff, went insane. Yeah. I don't think that's C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud seems like a much more composed individual. Um, but you can't... I mean, we were talking Bryce Young hasn't been impressive. This this was also not an impressive game, but this was like, hey, this guy doesn't seem to fucking quit. Right. Which is good. Like, he's he seems like he's getting outcompeted. It seems like the game's too fast for him, but he's picking it up slowly week after week. Um, I would love to see the corrections Stroud makes after a game like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's super important for him to come out and be like, okay, Texans are now a loser at three and four. If you can get this team to like six or seven wins, I think you absolutely outperformed what anybody thought you would do this year. And then you're you're loaded for bear next year. You actually become a destination people want to go to. And for Carolina, they just they just need to not be embarrassing. Yeah. And so uh, getting to one and six, that's a the right step uh, to not be a fucking embarrassment. Yeah. Um. You know, they're both rookie quarterbacks, and they're building these teams out of very little. So uh, it's tough to, yeah, put that, that, that shade on him. I don't, you know, you talk about Peyton Manning until he realized who he had around him with the weapons and stuff. You know, that, that's what built him into it. I don't know if the Chargers ever gave Ryan Leaf anybody to throw the ball to. Um, it's, David Boston? Yeah, man. Uh, 
Um, it is uh, it yeah, it's two quarterbacks learning. I think Bryce Young is willing to to jump. I mean, thirty one attempts today or that game. Uh, they're quick ones. They're short ones. They're giving him stuff that he can succeed in finally, kind of thing, and and that that's helpful. So, but they don't have that a first round draft pick. So wins are just gonna be icing on the cake here. You don't do much. Yeah, you're not, you're not going to help you too much other than benefiting you know, those yep. other draft picks with your losses. So you might as well, yeah, start picking up some wins. And the Texans, this is it. Listen, it's a road loss against a Panthers team you don't see very often. Uh, sure, Stroud didn't didn't show up as well as you want him to, but that was a very good defense. So, well, it's a good defense. Still alive. Yeah. AFC wildcard. Oh, yeah. Potential. Pan- yeah, Texans can bounce back. Absolutely. Um, yeah, let's move on the then. The Texans were coming off a bye week, though. That's the thing that worries that me. That does hurt. Um, I mean, it's a you weird know? travel thing for him but yeah it's a new coach too i'm not too panicky because i'm not expecting him to you know light the world on fire this year they're they're kind of ahead of schedule like we talk about these teams and their schedules um i the next game i have is the saints beating the colts 38 to 27 again not uh, not one that we picked Uh, we did do better in picks this week i promise you guys but we did uh this one we picked the colts so saints took care of business car had a good game uh you got Taysom hill had a good game in kamara and shahid um yeah the weapons played well for the the saints the saints had a good offensive day that doesn't happen every game but it happened this one and the colts kind of played catch up it was a tight one it was 21 20 saints at the half but uh saints took over and uh, got a big enough lead in the uh, second half to take over yeah i thought Derek carr had probably his best game of the year i mean he still wasn't super great but he was explosive he was moving the ball down the field um Olave was getting open. Olave was getting targeted a ton. Um, it seemed like after last week's, uh, like, run the fucking route. Mm. Uh, he was actually doing it. He had, do you have 10 targets in this game? Like, he actually looked pretty good. And Taysom Hill, you know that Sean Payton is sitting there in Denver being like, God damn it, they're using him correctly. Um, Taysom Hill had a fucking Taysom Hill sort of game. Yeah. You know, 44 passing, uh, rushed, rushed for 60, yeah. had three touchdowns. Or was it three or two touchdowns? Like, just a fucking crazy game for uh, Taysom Hill. Yeah, if they figured out how to use him. Um, this for he just, I guess, run run go routes and catch it deep. Like, that one that they gave to him was kind of questionable. Looked like he kind of took it yeah. from the cornerback. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. He was going down with it, so... It's tough to say when he was down. Um, refs kind of tie goes to the offense. All it the usually time. does, you know yeah. This. So I guess that makes sense. Um, so coming from this one, uh, I, yeah, again, not much on this one. The Saints uh, or the Colts lose a home game where they probably should have wanted to keep a, a race going here in that division. That's winnable for the Colts, but now after dropping these last two, I mean, the Browns one was. Not their fault, as uh, we found out. The, 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 yeah. They they apologized about that one uh, since. That was some bullshit. But this one, too. I mean, losses count as losses. They don't come back and fix that record for you. So those home yeah. losses really hurt the Colts' chances, I think. It's it's weird because Jonathan Taylor is actually being really productive. Um, but they're just not targeting They're not giving him enough carries. They're not targeting him. They're not, like, feeding him the rock. And I don't know if that's a slow, progressive thing. But the thing that is going to help Gardner Minshew a ton is actually just handing the fucking ball off to Jonathan Taylor. He had almost 100 yards. He had less than 15 touches. Yeah. No, I know. Like, that's crazy. You want to get Taylor going. It helps your fantasy team. We all know <laughs> it. But listen, they got another guy named Naheem Hines, and he's not going anywhere. And he's 
He's taking them them carries from uh, from Taylor, and I I don't know if it's. Wait, were you in a time machine? You mean Zach Moss? Yes, I meant Zach Moss. They both have the same 20. <laughs> it's 21, yeah, Nikki Mines. I meant Zach yeah. Moss. You're right. I didn't have the stats in front of me. But uh, Zach Moss, I think if in some sick way, it might be their way of like proving to Jonathan Taylor that there is no uh, bell, bell cow backs anymore, and they're just forcing another running back to take his carries. <laughs> well, they did. Zach Moss got the touchdown. Yeah. So they're like, they're really fucking me on fantasy. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you shouldn't have taken him in the second round. You did fine, Dan. Um, I did fine. <laughs> all right, so the oh yeah, that's right. We played. We played each other. Each other. You beat the crap out of me. The uh, the Colts are playing in Carolina this week. They're playing the Panthers. So what happens here, uh, Dan? You're still picking first. Yeah, I feel better about the Colts. Honestly, I mean, we talked about it. Jonathan Taylor seems to be getting right along. I was not impressed by anything the Panthers did in that game to give me hope. They're like, oh, they're really turning this thing around. Like. They've got to extend Brian Burns. They can't let Brian Burns reach free agency, or you should have traded him this last week. Like, the guy's worth a first-round pick. He's still getting production. I just I see the Colts as a more complete team right now than the Panthers, and Gardner Minshew right now is a better quarterback than Bryce Young, and he's got more weapons around him than Bryce Young does. Yep. Um, tough, tough to choose Carolina two weeks in a row. Oh, yeah. Um, I know they're at home. Uh got to be feeling good, and this is a winnable game against the Colts team, but I think the Colts, they can put on points, and that's something that the Panthers have had trouble doing. So if they can put on points against this defense of the Panthers, then I think the Colts win too. I got the Colts winning on the road. Mm, Bit of a boat race. Let's talk about the uh, surprise victory of the Denver Broncos when they beat the Kansas City Chiefs. I I must have just put all the games we got wrong up front. (laughs) 9-24. Um... Yeah, Mah- not a lot of people chose this. That's true. Fucking yeah, and this thing. one, you know, raise your hand if you if you got it right over us. Um, Mahomes had the flu, all right, maybe, but he did not play a good game. That's one thing that I did see by my eyes. Two interceptions, um, but Butker had three field goals. Chiefs defense came uh, to play with six sacks in this one, um, but slowly. Is Russell Wilson coming alive here? He threw three touchdowns. No. no. <laughs> three touchdowns, though. Um, On 114 yes, passing yards. Not a lot of passing yards, though. That is true. Um, this game was... Uh, Javante Williams. They they fed Javante Williams the fucking ball. That guy was a absolute horse in this game. He had a touchdown and then almost 100 yards total from scrimmage, 98. Um, Broncos jumped to the lead early here by getting the touchdowns and the Chiefs had to settle for field goals. So it was 14-3 early second quarter. They held on to it into halftime. And then the Sutton touchdown, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of the Chiefs, you kind of expected the Chiefs to find a drive, find a drive. They never yeah. did. And then there was the Broncos that ended up finally catching fire at the end there. And they were the ones at home, so it's not a guarantee they weren't going to do that. But uh, this was the first Broncos win over the Chiefs in 17 games. <laughs> I didn't think it went that Jesus. long. I know. I did not That's think. That's crazy. It's eight years. Yeah. That's insane. The The weird thing about this, we've talked about the Denver Broncos defense, which is good. It's still pretty good. Um, I do not know what the fucking Chiefs were doing in this game. Yeah. Um, you know, the Chiefs had six different ball carriers. Like, they rushed it with six different fucking dudes, if you include Pat Mahomes. Oh, yeah, look at like, that. what is that? Like, what is that? That's That makes no sense. Like, you're not getting any consistency. I also have Isaiah Pacheco on my fantasy team, so maybe, I'm, maybe this is part of it as well. But they just could not get anything going on the ground. And when you have Pat Mahomes that's not in a rhythm and you can't get anything going on the ground, then you need your defense 
to step up. And I actually didn't think the Chiefs' defense did a bad job. They just mm-hmm. kept getting put in short field situations. Yes. And it, that's that's hard to – it's hard to keep the team from scoring 20 points, let alone 24, if you basically always are giving them the ball back at, like, the 50 or, like, you know, the, in your territory. It's fucking crazy. So, yeah, just a really bad offensive game from the Chiefs. Um, really solid defensive game from the Broncos. If the Broncos keep doing this, they're not going to be like a top five pick, but they're still top 15. Like They're definitely not making the playoffs with this team they put together, but they won't be embarrassing if they keep putting together games like this. No, yeah. Um, you could fix some things there, but uh, yeah, they're still in a lot of trouble. This division, you know, it's not a, it's not a complete flip over or anything yet. The Chiefs are going to be fine, but... Um, yeah, there's some there's some holes there's some holes in the Kansas City team, and I think the it's the divisional games where they show. And yeah. there were some seasons where the Raiders were a middling team, like I think the Broncos are this year, and they took the Raider the Chiefs to the to the line, and the Chiefs were a much better team in those seasons. So I think it's just yeah, a divisional game that gets weird, and the Chiefs off their game um, is what the Broncos needed here to take the win. Big on them, though, that, you know, you can get this win after so long, and you finally, you know, it's at home in front of your fans. I mean, that's something you get, everybody can just kind of get behind and enjoy for a week um, because, yeah, who knows where it's going to go from here. It's probably not, I don't know. I don't see this as a turning point game or a linchpin in any way. You reminded me there was a season where the Oakland Raiders uh, swept the division. Oh, okay. And and did not make the playoffs. <laughs> they went six and zero in division. They finished the season eight and eight. This is twenty ten. Wow, wow. Like I had to look up the exact year, but this it, there's this weird quirk of the the Oakland Raiders actually swept the division and didn't even make the playoffs. Do you know who won the division that even, year? The Chiefs. The Chiefs won it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah sounds like one of those Chiefs years. Uh, okay, um, Denver Broncos going to a bye this week. Uh, so they get, they get a happy bye week. Happy bye week. They can enjoy that. Um, I don't have another game to talk about. I'm going to jump right into the Oilers game, which was Falcons and Titans. Uh, Falcons 23, Titans 28. Ritter benched at the half for Heineke. Um, Correct. In a game. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Ritter wasn't really moving the ball in this one, but it was, uh, what was it at half? 3 to 14 Titans. Um, the Titans, now... Uh, I'm right too. They didn't start Levis technically. Willis Not started, technically. and he s- fumbles that snap, and then we just didn't see him again. Or did he even get back in? Um, he he didn't throw a pass. Okay. okay. So after the fumble, he did not get back in the game, and then at that point, Will Levis took the job from him forever. Yeah, and Will Le- so Levis looked great. Um. Most of his touchdowns were deep ones to Hopkins, three of them. Um, and then he got the other one to Nick Westbrook Akini, but uh, he looks like beautiful a rainbows. Back there. Yeah, yeah. He's throwing oh, yeah. yeah, he's throwing those the skied ones now. I want to see some timing passes and uh and working some you know uh um yeah uh, one you open cube, those windows. Yeah. One yeah. from the one to the next uh, wide receivers down his line there. But the Westbrook Aquino throw was a fucking laser. Mm-hmm. I will say that. Yeah, no, that thing was nice. Got an arm. He, he, it's obvious he can throw this, the field, and he knows who to throw to, which is DeAndre Hopkins. So mm-hmm. the Titans all of a sudden 
if they have a quarterback, that's something. I this one game against a Falcons team who knows what they're doing. But yeah, the story of this one is Will Levis and those sweet, sweet looking Oilers uniforms. Yeah, the disparity between everybody else in the AFC South and the Jaguars is pretty wide. Mm-hmm. But no one else in the AFC South has more than three wins. So you could very easily put together a run here for the Titans. Really good defense, really talented defense, solid running game. If you've got a young, sexy, strong-armed, mayo-eating quarterback <laughs> and you know he's throwing the ball over the field, you get excited. You get Now you got Nissan Stadium, so that's an exciting place to play. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be very interesting for these Titans. They might wind up as a wild-card team. Yeah. I know they're three games back in the division, but that's probably... I mean, if you're a Titans fan, you feel good about your head coach. You feel good about a lot of your position players. If you can end this season feeling good about Will Levis, whew, exciting, yeah. exciting times. You're not going in the first round looking for a quarterback or looking for the next guy. You found him. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and if Will Levis is the next guy, that's going to hurt because, yeah, people had chances to get him. They, they passed on him. And he looks, yeah, really good here. Steps in in a nice situation. We'll see how he goes from here. Um, the Falcons, on the other hand, things getting kind of confusing. Um, yeah. You know, the Ritter benching, uh, that it looks like Bijan Robinson is amazing, but still can't get um, a lot of carries. Just he has, He's averaging, what, like over five yards a carry, and he only gets mm-hmm. about 10 carries a game? <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, it's like... It's like, dude, run the fucking treads off your rookie running back. Like, what are you doing? He's yeah. only got like four years, man. Reminds me of the Cadillac Williams and putting him in the garage thing that uh, the Gruden oh, yeah. did with the Buccaneers. But then that was like, well, wasn't he coming off of bad injuries or something? Was the whole point of that? Like, Algier seems like he's all right, unless it is these headaches or something. I don't know. Not Algier. Sorry, Robinson. Algier's but Algier's the been, the ball. been fine, too. He's been, you know, he's been a nice change of pace back. They want to get him out of here because he's by no means as explosive as right. Bijan or as talented as Bijan. But a guy like Algier still has a place on your team. It's just he shouldn't be getting as many carries as he's getting in situations that he's getting the carries. You want to have Bijan be your feature. Um, but what we have is he's uh, set up to... Um, well, we got Heineke in now who does seem to go towards the players who might be playmakers. He'll throw the ball to, to mm-hmm. Drake London and to Kyle Pitts, and we saw that kind of in the second half, and it kind of came alive of this offense a little bit. So maybe Heineke, who is a little bit more of a uh, gunslinger, gets the ball to these players. Oh, you mean the number one playmaker, Kaderil Hodge? <laughs> Listen, Kaderil Hodge and yeah, those type of players get theirs, <laughs> Mac Hollins yeah. and such, but uh, yeah, you got a touchdown to old Scotty Miller. Um, oh, Scotty Miller's a real person. That's not a fake name. <laughs> nope. Falcons did get the ball back here at the end, though. Um, was it just a straight-up drop? Was that this game? On the Yeah, that is final drive, uh, the yeah. fourth down. He threw it to the guys in his hands, and he drops it. I forget which wide receiver that was. Um, that might have been Kajal Hodge. Um, <laughs> I think it was Van Jefferson. Was it Van Jefferson? Okay. So, yeah, yeah just a straight-up drop, and so that would have kept the drive going, but it was still in their end, so it would have took another touchdown to – take the lead in this one uh and then the falcons did lose defensive tackle uh jarrett to a torn achilles that's a huge blow that's a huge blow like heineke is one of those game manager quarterbacks like you know this you've experienced remember joys of heineke taylor heineke um he he is just a guy that is a game manager you need a solid defense you need a solid running game if this jarrett injury doesn't become like debilitating for the you know 
the Falcons' defensive chances, and you get the ball to Bijan more, this, I think, is a great choice. He's almost like a higher-floor Desmond Ritter. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, but he's got more starting experience, so I, I think it makes sense. I feel bad for Desmond Ritter. It almost feels like this is a career-ender. You know, like, if you're another team in the NFL, like, are you... Are you going after a guy like Desmond Ritter? What do you see as the upside on a guy yeah. like this that can't succeed with all these tools around him? Like, he's got playmakers, man. I think, yeah, but, I don't see him, um, if nothing else, you know, compete for starting position kind of thing. But yeah. he's not going to get a starter immediate thing or anything. I mean, if nothing else, backup QB, now that he has some experience in throwing the ball and stuff. And that backup QB in the NFL is maybe one of the best jobs he can have. Yeah. Um, Charlie Whitehurst it for the rest of your career. Right. So, uh, yeah, be a Chase Daniel or whatever you need to be. But uh, Oh, my God. <laughs> Could anyone be as oh, Chase Daniel? What a fucking career. That's what I'm saying. So there's options for him. But, uh, yeah, I, it won't be this week. Um, we're going to get to talking about games for next week, but I've kind of put a lot of these up front uh, of the games from last week because there were – all teams that played. So we got to get through all of them. So I'm going to keep pushing through, Dan. And we're next oh, one yeah. we're talking about is my Vikings win. They won 24 to 10 in Lambeau. They beat the Packers. Um, first thing before we talk about the bummer, let's talk about the good stuff. Uh, oh, the yeah. Green Bay Packers are looking first three quarters. damn awful. Yeah. The first three quarters were, were awesome. Um, Packers look really, really bad. Um, still sat there with that Vikings, like, yeah, but, you know, they turn it on the second half. Everybody, you know, you can't get settled or whatever. So it was 10-3 there at the half, and it was just whatever. But the Metellus interception that he takes out of the guy's hands to the next play being immediately passed to the Addison touchdown, though that moment there, that moment there, probably the best moment that I've had this season <laughs> as a Vikings fan. Really? I mean, even the vi- the the win Monday night against the Niners, I was you know they, they 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 held on there at the end. They missed some field goals. They left some doors open. We had to hold our breath to the end. It felt good that they won it. This was like a boom boom. We weren't afraid of momentum. Uh, allergic to it no more. Uh, took the twenty four to three lead there. Yeah, that was the happiest I've been this season. Against the you know in Lambeau, we got the Packers on the ropes this early. Felt good. Um, and then it just teeters <laughs> like a, like, like a, a roller coaster. Uh, this thing drops back down when you see Kirk Cousins go to the ground with that Achilles injury. Um, I mean, that's what I was saying at the beginning of the, this game. I mean, you don't know what you got till it's gone. I think that's something that Vikings fans and stuff are going to know now is, oh my God, like we, and I, we, I am just as complacent in it complaining about this guy Kirk Cousins for what he couldn't do and all of the stuff that he was you know lacking and stuff that we're going to really really miss all the stuff that he could do um that also being said he this happens to him on what could arguably be his best season so far as a as a pro uh sec it was his only a second time I think having a same offensive play uh two years in a row He's um, doing it, you know, without Justin Jefferson. So, you know, beginning of the year, you, if you would have told me um, you lot, you know, you're you're the best player on on your team went down, I would have thought that was Jefferson. But it, I think Cousins of the last three weeks proved that that wasn't the case. And now we're gonna find out that it really truly was him that was holding this team together. 
He was on pace for 4,600 yards passing, 36 TDs. He was absolutely having a career year. Statistically, performance-wise, I mean, almost none of these losses have been on him. Right, right. You know, none of these losses have been on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. Yeah, I mean, it's happened before, but, like, yeah, the dude was absolutely Kirk O'Chains for this whole season. And there's a weird part of me. I don't know if you feel this way. We haven't talked about this. There's a part of me that feels like an injury like this gets Kirk Cousins re-signed as a Viking. Yeah, so there, it's a weird, and I'm on both sides of it. Um, because of where he was playing already and what it leaves it as, there is going to be that hanging thing of like, yeah, well, we could always run it back. And and I think NFL teams are so excited to do that, to run it back, because they like, you know, there, there's a humanity in it. You know the, the people. You don't want to let them go if you think it'll work. You you. You want to put that out of your head and believe in it. But I know, and I think, I hope front office knows that, you know, this is a brand new uh, GM, brand new head coach, uh, just in their second year. He's going to be 36 next year, coming off of Mm -hmm. the torn Achilles. Mm -hmm. This is your way to get out of it. This is the best way you probably have, especially of how good he's been playing the last two years, to move on from him. And I think you need to take it because there's a now a stronger chance that he just pops the other one when he gets healthy. Yeah. You know, there's all that other stuff that could happen. And I think I, it's completely possible Kirk Cousins rehabs like hell, gets back, and plays another two, three solid years. But I think if you're the Vikings, you need to go on. You need to move on. Can I create a scenario for Please. you? Kirk Cousins decides, I'm not going to hold you guys over the barrel. I am a 35-year-old quarterback recovering from an Achilles injury. Uh, worst case scenario, well, I guess best case scenario for you, uh, Jaron Hall is not it. Uh, fucking terrible. You guys win two more games for the rest of the season. You guys are 6-11, and 11, mm-hmm. right? Picking in the top seven, top eight. You draft a quarterback. Kirk Cousins says, I'll come back one year, $17 million. You take that deal. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In a minute. I mean, yeah. he's getting thirty-five million or whatever now, and that's like fifteenth in quarterback salary for all the time of Kirk Cousins making a lot of money. This year, it doesn't hurt as much as a lot of other quarterbacks, and where the future money is going to go for quarterbacks. So, I mean, I think Cousins one more year on twenty million or you know a little more. You know, I yeah, I'd listen to it. I think the problem is, is he wants three years. He wants to finish his career in Minnesota, and he wants to play that many more years, et cetera, kind of thing. And that's something you can't do. So, you know, one year, absolutely, we're talking two. I'll even maybe listen to if I have some wiggle room there. But it's Kirk Cousins. He gets his money. He gets guarantees. I mean, so He's, I mean, he is, the man has just. Put stacks on stacks. Yeah, and he is a un. Uh, what you know? He he's a free agent. He is. There is no. I mean, everybody can talk to the guy as soon as that's it's available. Yeah, the Vikings could try talking now, but there's no reason why not to to listen to everybody and then then decide. So I'm I I don't know what kind of money he gets here, but listen, if if Brock Purdy falls out in San Francisco like things are happening, then maybe they want it. Kirk Cousins on a bad Achilles to come in there. It makes sense. So well, Kirk Cousins has a $28 million dead cap next year yeah. due to all the extensions. Yeah. So he, he's just going to be $28 million against the cap next year. If he says, I'll extend that out, right? I'll kick that can down the road for you another year. Well, yeah. You know, well, then you, you just pay me. have to take it because yeah. we have to pay him anyways. Yeah. 
Yeah, right. <laughs> it just no, makes sense. Yeah, he it just makes sense. That was a that's a like sure yeah. Come so up. you're not you're not emotionally ready to move on from Kirk no, Cousins. No, you're, you're financial. You're yes. You know. I'm trying to think of it uh, in a in a clear mind, um, but okay. emotionally, no. I love the guy, and and this hurts. This still hurts that he went down where he did, especially because yeah, that purple cast. It, yes, it, it was. It's been proven that he can take this team without Justin Jefferson now. Yeah. And I didn't think that was the case three weeks ago, but he proved it. He's proved it now. Best thing for Jordan Addison's development is no, you know, yeah. JJ. No, JJ certainly helped him. Absolutely did. And who knows if he would have at that point. And with uh, This is to say to Jordan Addison now, the most touchdowns through eight games uh, as a Minnesota Viking. That's My God. Yeah, not Randy Moss, not Justin Jefferson, not Percy Harvin, anyone else, Chris Carter, <laughs> just uh, – Addison has it now. Jordan Addison. Loco, bro. Yeah. All right. Six years as a Viking for Kirk. Six years. Yeah, I know. And that can't, it feels weird because it feels like it was a blank. Uh, when he went down, people brought up, like, I think my mom was like, what's going on with Case Keenum? I was like, think about it. that was six years ago, Case Keenum. Yeah. That's gone. That train is gone. I know he's still back up in Houston or wherever, but no, man. No, that's gone. Um, so it was 2017. I didn't have any children. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's Josh Dobbs, and uh, this week it's going to be Vikings at Falcons. We'll lead into that game and talk about moving forward. Uh, it's going to be the rookie Jaron Hall from BYU. Uh, saw him at the end of the game. Um, worried about the guy's pocket presence as he already had a strip sack in a real bad situation there and position. But they want him to throw the ball because also the Vikings team has no running game even in, in lambo they could not move the ball on the ground and it really hurt um they finally got their first rushing touchdown of the year even though they uh was that true yeah that was the vikings first rushing touchdown of the year they went into the game though with 16 passing touchdowns which was tied for the most so all of their yeah. touchdowns to the year which was you know easy kirk cousins's arm so where does that leave us <laughs> um eek Lisa's with a backup versus backup game. Vikings at Falcons. This is a running uh, thing for uh, this week, too, is we are seeing a lot of second-string quarterbacks now, and we are only just now hitting halfway through the season. Uh, the NFL might just have a problem with some super stinky QB play as the season ends this mm-hmm. year. Uh, and I'll lead into that, Dan. Who do you choose in this game, Vikings at Falcons? Uh, this is a it's a real shitty QB matchup. Yeah. To your point, I'm gonna take. I hate to do this to you, to add insult to injury. I'm gonna take the Falcons, just because I feel like for a guy like Taylor Heineke, he's not he's not trying to prove anything. He's like, okay, what can I do with the tools I have available? Let's feed Bijan. Let's feed Algier. Let's just do that shit. I feel like a guy like Jaron Hall is going to be pressing a little bit. Mm. I, I feel like the team is going to be down a little bit energy-wise. Now, I might be completely wrong. The Vikings might rally and say, win this one for Kirk. Um, but I, I just feel like, though the Falcons are not a more talented team, they are making a conscious decision to make a change to the quarterback position. The Vikings are forced into it, and I think that's the difference. That is that's certainly a difference. Yeah, um, if the Vikings had a form of a running game, if the Vikings had a form of a way yeah. to control the ball on the ground because their defense has really raised themselves into a, a, a force to be reckoned with, I think. And I don't trust this Falcons offense uh, normally with, with Ritter in yeah. there to, to do much with it uh, against our defense. But now 
Taylor Heineke is a little bit more of a gunslinger, throw the ball around. I think he can make some good plays there. I think there will be some mistakes made, though, too. But on the other side of the ball, I just don't, I don't have a picture yet of how the Vikings move the ball or score any points. I don't. Um, Maybe uh, Hall has the time. That offensive line is playing very good right now. Maybe Hall has the time to find some short passes, or maybe he's got a good enough arm to hit some guys when they're open because these wide receivers can't get open. I mean, you got Hawkinson, you got uh, KJ with Addison there. There's targets. Yeah, there's targets. There's guys that they know how to get there for them. But because we still can't seem to get a running game going, and that's not going to change. There's nothing, no fix there, and the Falcons are good against the run too. I can't see it happening here. So, yeah, this is another Vikings you know team that's going to look very different, of course, with this new quarterback. So I'll take the Falcons um, just to where we're at here. I mean, and it is. It's unfortunate, but that's the position. Um, You're off the long ship, sir. Yeah, and I don't see getting back on unless Jaron Hall is is something exciting out of the gate. It's going to be tough for him. Uh, one more game before the break. It's a long week, so we're going to push through that second half pretty quick. i got five games in the two-minute no offense, everybody, so stick with us. But let's talk about these red-hot Jacksonville Jaguars winning Jaguar in news. Pittsburgh. Yeah, we're at Jaguar News. We both picked the Jaguars win here 20-10. to 10. Um, Lawrence turned the ball over, but he did have a touchdown, and he got ETN going with almost 150 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. A lot of field goals, McManus. Um, back up in uh, quarterback again as Trubisky got back in. Pickett had a rib injury with a sack. And, yeah, um, der- that was a roughing the passer, dude. How the fuck was that? That was an awful, you can, I think awful you can land hit. on QBs as long as they've been in the year for, you know, league for three less years, and then you can't. Something <laughs> like that. Yeah, something weird like that. It was a bad hit, it man. I, I just don't understand what the fuck they were doing. Uh, real tough situation for the Steelers losing Kenny Pickett um, and then having a Thursday night football game in the same week. Oof, that sucks. Yes. Um, yeah, they're going – yeah, they're at home, though, against the Titans. So that's kind of an interesting one, but – but before we leave there, Jaguars with a big win. Uh, they didn't play a clean game here, but they still win by double digits. And they're just kind of, you know, winning the games they, they should win. Uh, the London stuff certainly helps. But listen, we're talking about a Jaguars team that I think we have to discuss as being currently a top five NFL team. I disagree. Oh, okay. Okay. Let's see. I disagree. I don't consider them a top five NFL team. Um, they might wind up being the number two or three seed in the AFC. That would not shock me. Okay. I know that sounds weird, yeah. but um, I think this is one of the few AFC teams that I can name two or three NFC teams that are better than that. Okay. And that's what gives me pause. I can't really call them a top five team because we're not saying they're better than the Chiefs, right? We're not saying they're better than the Dolphins. We're not saying we're not really even saying they're better than the Bills. I mean, an argument could be made. They beat them. They beat them. But I don't know if they're better. Nah. Um, and I would say, you know, obviously the 49ers, you're looking at the the Eagles. I, I I'm think there's currently, a possibility the Bengals, yeah. Currently they're playing better football than a lot of those teams is what I'm saying. The Jacksonville I think Jack they're playing – I think the football is fine. It's uninspiring. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. Like there's none of this – Everything, maybe that's the Doug Peterson way, right? It's not going to be super inspiring, but it is going to be efficient. It's going to get the job done. Yeah, okay. All right, well, I'll take that from you then. The Jaguars are going to a bye week, week nine. Um, they can t- they'll win it, goddamn yeah, it. Yeah, they'll win that one too. Uh, they'll take their, what, their five and two? Yeah, six and two. So they take their six and six two, and two. Uh, 
record to the, to the buy that feels good and the uh like we said kind of leading in it titans at steelers thursday night football so will levis getting that start and then yeah i guess um the rib injury to pick it have we heard is he not going it's a quick turnaround. Uh, it, i don't think it matters <laughs> i don't think it matters it's a tough turnaround um you got a, a a Pittsburgh team that's kind of reeling. You got a Tennessee team that's suddenly excited. There's not enough film on Will Levis even now uh, for a defensive coordinator to really turn the screws to him um, and make some corrections. So I'm going to go with Tennessee on the road. Steelers are getting back Cam Hayward, but they lost Minka Fitzpatrick, and that is a big loss when it seems like the one thing that Will Levis wants to do is just chuck the ball deep. And you need a good safety back there to stop fucking that. Hopkins down there somewhere. Stuff happening. Um, I'm still gonna go opposite you. I'm gonna say the Steelers at home on a Thursday night mm-hmm. short one. I'm gonna say the defense takes care of Will Levis. They, they confuse him enough. T.J. Watt and all them uh, take care of business. So I'm not mm-hmm. fully on that. The Titans are gonna take care of here. So I'm opposite you there. Let me go Steelers. Um, all right, let's take a break. We got five games at the two minute no offense. A few more. After that, and a whole lot of games to pick for next week. Mm-hmm. Me and Dan are still very tight in those picks, so you're going to want to come back and see exactly what's going to happen. Go down here for you. We got 10? No, no. We'll be back after this. This is the Thanks, everybody. We return just in time to hit the fastest uh, recap of Week 8 that we can possibly do. That's, folks, it is the two minutes. No offense. Because no offense, but maybe you found yourself uh, coming down to Texas and getting your goddamn fancy L.A. teeth kicked in. That's right. I get to do that accent every once in a while, but only when we beat a West Coast team. There you go. Um, but yes, we got, uh, like I've been saying, five games I put in the two-minute no offense because everybody played this week and the trade deadline and coaches getting fired. Oh, yeah. So, so much. much to cover this week. So let's push through. And I don't take offense that the Cowboys are back in the two-minute no offense. <laughs> They're 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 in there. A lot they this have. Year. They keep uh, blowing out teams. So we're throwing yeah. them in there when they do. Um, you must be enjoying it, Dan, but let's get that clock going. And here we go. Yep. All right, I threw in the Thursday night one because it happened so long ago. The bu- Bills beat the Buccaneers 24-18. Uh, Buccaneers, that last-minute Hail Mary that he's just like, what? Where? Okay. Yeah, I can't believe it. Tough, 10 to tough 24 loss. Bills to start the fourth quarter and still came down to a chuck deep into the end zone that yeah, as long as somebody – if somebody looked up, it might have caught it. Um, Bills – yeah, Crazy. I think Bills might have some holes, but they win that one. Um the Dolphins take care of business against the Patriots at home, 31-17. to 
Is this the worst the Patriots have been under Bill Belichick? Because it feels like it. It does feel um, like it. Thought they were turning a corner, and then the Dolphins just kicked their teeth in. Tua, 324, three touchdowns. You'd have a pick, but Waddle and Hill getting going. Good. Patriots lost born another torn Achilles. That's Jesus going on. Achilles, this is the year of the Achilles, man. Yeah, right? And, you know, uh, Cousins did it on grass. Did they talk about that? Grass? Anyways. Yeah. Uh, your Cowboys beat the Rams 43-20, to and you know what? Scorigami. Really? Yeah, never happened before. All right. It was 33 yeah, to 9 at the half. Yeah, we beat the shit out of them, dude. We beat the absolute shit out of them. And honestly, it shouldn't have even been 43 to 9. It was like uh well, sorry, what was it? Uh they had 3 points and then we kind of just eased up mm-hmm. um and let them score a touchdown at the end of the second half and then they came back in the third quarter they're like we're coming back, and then they scored uh, a touchdown at a two-point conversion, and then Stafford was out for the rest of the game because he fucked up his elbow. Yeah, and you could just you could feel the Cowboys like almost like stop kicking them. You know what I mean? Like they the Rams just looked bad, and the Cowboys just kind of went into second gear. We've had a whole bunch of Cooper Rush appearances this year. That's what's crazy to me. Is it's like, oh yeah, fuck it, get get fucking Dak out of there, man. I remember that it was it. it was like 2009 we put in like Tavares Jackson and, and sit Brett Favre. That was like the last time we'd have like Tavares times and stuff. Uh, no, Ceedee Lamb dominating that one. Got to keep going. Sorry, Ravens uh, beat the Cardinals 31 to 24. A late push by the Cardinals. Yeah. It was not that close though. Like the the score does not tell the story of that game. It was all. All Baltimore until like the fourth quarter when once again this is the stub out the cigarette game where they're like oh shit yeah <laughs> that's why this one's in here not because it was a one score game at the end and then finally Sunday night football Chargers beating the Bears thirty to thirteen Bears look terrible Chargers look really good I, I so, knew yeah. the Bajent thing wasn't gonna was gonna come 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 crashing down um, especially in prime time uh, on the road yeah. against a, a good team um, Herbert looked good Eckler. Yeah, I mean, the Chargers didn't play around. Um, okay, let's talk about some games for next week, Dan. I'm going to run through them. You're picking mm-hmm. first. The first one will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going to Houston. Play the Texans. Uh, this is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. This is a coin flip for me. I'm going to pick the Texans to bounce back after that loss. Um, it's, it, this is honestly an emotional pick for me. I picked C.J. Stroud. I don't. I think two losses in a row, that's tough for a rookie who has been on such a hot streak. Um, but, yeah, there's nothing about, to me, the Buccaneers that's super consistent. Right, no. Um, yes, they can score at, you know, do weird Baker Mayfield bullshit, but I think C.J. Stroud, a nice steady uh, dose of the run by the Texans, it's going to get them get them the win. But I think it's a close one. It is, yeah. These two teams are very close. Um, it's um, tax- Buccaneers can be a spunky team, but I think – a NFC versus NFC or AFC game where they don't see each other very much. I'm going to go with the team at home and take the Texans. I'm with you on that. I have the Texans picked. Uh, the other game we have next is Rams at Packers. Yeah, this is a real garbage fire. Um, I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick LA just because their defense has been up until the Cowboys game respectable, um, and the Cowboys just kicked them straight in the dick and didn't stop. Um, but also the offense threw the ball way too much. If Staff, uh, here's the caveat: if Stafford is starting, I will take the Rams. Okay, yeah, uh, that's why I was trying to find it currently as you were saying that Matthew Stafford hasn't been ruled out of the game versus the Packers. That was Fox Sports about 21 it, minutes ago. It's it's thumb and elbow, but mostly thumb. Okay, I didn't hear about the elbow, but I saw the throw where he hits his head, 
finger, you know, hand on the guy's helmet, uh, and that didn't look good. Tough motherfucker, Matt Stafford. He though. is, yeah. So Can't usually, take that shit from him. if he can grip the ball and throw with that thumb injury, he'll be out there. Um, but I am exactly with you. I'm taking the Rams on the road, unless it's a Brett Ripon game. Then obviously, I'm not taking the Rams. Uh, I'm just taking Brett Ripon. So we don't love Jordan Love, but we really don't love Brett yeah, Ripon. Yeah, yeah. So I'll take the Packers if there. But otherwise, yeah, I like the Rams with Stafford throwing it, you know, all over the yard. Um, no Russell Douglas, uh, all those wide receivers and stuff, if it's Stafford. So I'm with you on that. Uh, Bears at Saints. Another interesting one, kind of a toss-up, but I will take the hot, um, suddenly offensively capable Saints. I know they're going to embarrass me and let me down because they're a real hot and cold team, but I'm going to take the Saints here. Um, I think the Saints have it at home in that, that dome. I'm not at that much on the Bears thing, even if uh, Fields is back and playing for this one, which I think he's back to practicing. So uh, they got a shot there maybe, but no, I like Saints. And then um, we've got a game in Frankfurt, Germany. Get up early again. It's about time for that. It's weird that they took it off for a little bit, now it's back again. But uh, the Miami Dolphins and Kansas City Chiefs are traveling to Germany. This game is kicking off 8.30 a.m. our time, Central Standard. It is technically Dolphins at Chiefs. Who are you picking, Dan? Das ist the early game playing in Germany. Mm. Andy Reid will be fueled by the bratwurst. <laughs> and uh, when that man is full of smoked meats, he is at his most efficient. Um, yeah, I've been listening. For some reason, I listened to a Werner Herzog interview, and now I can't get it out of my head. It was on Conan. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was a good one. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to take Kansas City. No, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to take Miami on the road. I, I love a traveling dolphin show. It's not a road. Um, I mean, it's a road for both of them. Yeah, but I mean, Kansas City's uh, Andy Reid, old veteran coach. I think McDaniel's going to have some weird fucking idea, and he's going to want to put on a, a another blitzkrieg, if you will, in the heart of Germany. So you're taking the Dolphins? I'm going to take the Dolphins. I was back and forth on this one. This is a very good close game, too. Um, and what I did is I looked up, and I just told myself, I'm going to go with whatever team is traveling to Germany first i think it's just that that. and i looked it up and here's this article kansas city missouri uh kansas city as the chiefs prepare for their game over the pond head coach andy reed will virtually meet with the media on monday to talk about it the team will take off for frankfurt germany on thursday a day after the miami dolphins get there um they say andy reed continues on to say like you know what i've done this before it's no big deal this and that uh the last time the chiefs played internationally mexico city that's not as much international. Not the same, Andy. Uh, back in 2019, they did beat the Chargers 24-17. And they played in 2015 in England where they beat the Lions 45-10. to Yeah, but that's the Lions. And that was eight years ago. And that was Alex Smith. And so Mahomes has not played a football game across the seas. And he's coming from a flu? I don't know. So, yeah, I love, I've taken Dolphins too. I'm taking Dolphins with you. Um, okay, All right. some more games for next week then. Um, the Bengals beating the 49ers. Here we go, Dan. This was the one we picked opposite, and you got it over me. Bengals 31, yes. 49ers 17. Um, tight one, but the Niners were playing catch-up the whole time. 14-10 Bengals at the half. Um, Burrow, I mean, this is a Bengals team that, again, started very slow to begin the year, but here they are again. Maybe this they're is what they do. Yeah, back up to their powers. Uh, as Chase looks great, um, Mixon had a good game. McCaffrey, again, gets his touchdowns, but uh, 
I don't know if the Niners are really missing Debo Samuel and uh, and Williams there on the tackle, or they have bigger problems uh, to issue. Um, I honestly think it's injury. I think it's injury based. But here, so here's the bigger problem: no one is healthy, right? No one in the NFL is ever healthy. Mm-hmm. So if your team's performance takes this much of a dip, losing Debo Samuel and your left tackle, that's a huge issue. I also think Brock Purdy has probably still got concussion-like symptoms from the Vikings game. Um, He did not look sharp. Has not looked sharp in this game. Has not looked sharp for the past two weeks. What a fortuitous bye week they're heading into. Yeah. Um, you actually get a chance at five and three. Still, definitely in this thing in the NFC and the NFC West. But you need to retool badly. You need to get some people health. You need to get some people some rest. Um, right smack dab in the middle of the season. Great time for a buy for them. Yeah, I think the. Yeah, um, I was surprised by this one. Uh, Niners at home. I thought they could take care of business. I mean, I know the Bengals are a good team. We picked them to be a good team this year, but. Um, this is a this is almost a collapse now for San Francisco. Um, it's tough losses against what I think is they're getting you know, the best games from these teams. Like I said last week with the Vikings, they, they know this and they so they play them very strong. So what it they're I don't know they're shaking a little bit. The 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 confidence is a little bit uh, on on rocks, and I think that leaves these doors open for teams to beat them. Um, and I do remember they beat the shit out of the Cowboys, man. They, they beat did. the shit out of the Cowboys, and then they got high on their own supply. That's what happens, you know. They just a little bit of that uh, overconfidence goes a long yeah. way against teams like the Bengals that don't make mistakes. Different in this guy, different time had healthy players. Um, yeah, I know. There's times where D- when they lost Debo, that the team really changed. So maybe that is where they're at again. Um, big loss. Burrow threw four incomplete passes in this game, and that yeah. Then you got it. You got a Bengals game that was pretty much damn near perfect, is what you got mm-hmm. in this one. So, do the Bengals keep that going though? As they are playing Sunday night football, here's my segue: Buffalo Bills. Oh, Bills Bengals Sunday night again. Ooh, but here we are, yeah. Bills and Bengals, Dan. This is a real coin flip for me. Um, it is a home game for Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Coin flip. I'm, oh, oh, he did it. I see what you did. Uh, I'm going to take Cincinnati in this game. They've been sharp. They've looked better. Burrow looks healthy. Burrow looks to be at the top of his accuracy. Plus, it's not week one through four, so he's actually Joe Burrow again. Um, It's not to say Buffalo is bad. I think this is going to be a great game. I think it's going to be very explosive. I don't fully trust the Bengals' defense uh, to hold them intact, but I think this could be a 35-40 to game. This thing might be a slobber knocker, baby. Yeah, I'm with you. I think the Bengals are... uh... The team playing better right now, and I have more faith in them than I do the Bills, who, you know, yeah, snuck out that one at home against a Buccaneers team and stuff like that. So even and when the Bills are winning, it's like kind of questionable ever since. I mean, they dominated in the Dolphins one, but other than that, I'm kind of, yeah, touch and go with these Bills. So I like the Bengals as well under the lights because they're feeling good right now. And then, like you said, San Francisco mm-hmm. bye week, week nine, they will take the time off. Um, let us talk about the Seattle Seahawks winning their last second win over the Browns, 20 to 24, um, back and forth game. This one was a lot of fun. 14, 17 Seahawks at the half. It was 17 all midway through the third quarter. And then the Broncos, oh, excuse me, the Browns take a lead, uh, after their second interception late in the third quarter, 20 to 17. Um, so it's all pretty much the same until about right before the two minute warning. It's a third and three. And the Browns are throwing it, 
that might be the problem already. They came with the blitz. Mm-hmm. It goes off of Jamal Adams' helmet, straight up into the air, intercepted. So not only they're uh, turning the ball over, but short field, half the field there for the Seahawks to go in there and score. And it's Smith and Jigba with the go-ahead with 38 seconds left. Smith and Jigba turning it around. Uh, no rookie wall. He's actually climbed it. He's feeling good. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, I don't know... The Browns are so weird to me. Like, their defense is so good. It's so good. Like, Geno Smith had a fine game, but two interceptions, you know? Yeah. that's And those were forced by the Browns. Like, those weren't bad Geno throws. Like, those were just really good defensive calls to confuse the fucking guy. Um, games like this, the Browns are going to really, really look back on a game like this, Mick. Oh, we blew it. Yeah. We absolutely fucking blew it here. Like, as much as you beat the 49ers... Um, a last second shit like you can put that feather in your cap they're going to regret this loss maybe more than the other ones I know it's not in conference even um, but yeah this this very much could have been a, a 5-2 and two Cleveland Browns team um, with what they were putting together so yeah this is this is a real tough loss the Seahawks are for real um, from last year of those teams that kind of like showed up I think it was like Seahawks, Giants, Vikings. The Seahawks are the ones that are do, repeating it. I think that's the, the the test of time here. And now top of the division, I think they can compete for this division. I think the only way that they go anywhere is is winning this division. I don't think you can count on the Seahawks to go into San Francisco or, heck, even if L.A. somehow does it to, to take mm-hmm. care of it in uh, the postseason. But going to Seattle is always tough, always tough. So there's an option there. Um, but I also agree here, this game, the Browns offense just kept putting their defense in tough situations all game, short fields, they turn the ball over and that's, you know, PJ Walker starting in this offense. If you kind of feel like that, if they got Deshaun Watson that they thought they were getting and was going to play every week, this could have been a heck of a Browns team this year. But, um, what they need is yeah comparable quarterback play and uh a healthy you know Nick Chubb to do all the things they wanted to do this year then they could probably be you know like a one or two lost team I don't I don't think I really care if I'm a Browns fan what happens the rest of the season Kevin Stefanski does not deserve to lose his job like this is a team losing its number one offensive target it's number one quarterback for weeks at a time putting together a fucking great defense well it's proven top to bottom great yeah defense. who's the defense coordinator the guy from the speed alliance head coach uh schwartz, oh, schwartz jim schwartz it's, it's proven that jim schwartz is a defensive mastermind because he's done this one oh, like yeah. three four places now yeah he's won was his super bowl was he the didn't he do philly eagles? yeah super bowl, i want to say I he think? was with the yeah. eagles um, yeah, he was the Eagles' D coordinator during that fucking Super Bowl run. Fucking never forgive him for that. Yeah, so he knows defense. So you've got they've got one of the best defensive minds probably right now. Um, the Browns are going to Arizona play the Cardinals this week. I don't know who will be the starting quarterback for those Cardinals. Don't matter. It probably doesn't. Yeah. Uh, Whoever's the Cardinals QB is going to be like, ah, oh, fuck! I got to face this Browns defense. Yeah, Browns are going to win that shit. Uh, yeah, I'll take Browns. I'll take Browns as well. I'll just feel a whole lot uh, more comfortable with it if it's tuned. I mean, I don't know if Kyler comes in there and, and lights it up immediately. That'd be kind of surprising. I don't think they're going to throw Kyler to the to the Brown fucking wolves. Browns yeah. defensive wolves as his first game back either. Yeah, 
on the road, that wouldn't be a smart thing to do. Um, and then the Seattle Seahawks going on the road to play the Baltimore Ravens. Ooh, this is a fun one. I'm going to take the Ravens just because I've been so fucking impressed with the what the Ravens have been doing all year. Um, and not to say that I'm not impressed with Seattle, but you got to travel. Yeah. Um, and that's worth three points, so I'm going to give it to Baltimore. I think they win by a touchdown. You're talking about we just saw what happened when you put your Cowboys on in a noon game, even though they were playing a West Coast team. I'm still... I don't understand this. So Seattle's going to Baltimore for a noon game. It's only 3.05. <laughs> for a noon game. So I'm taking Baltimore as well in that one. I think the Seahawks are good, but I think the Ravens are even better. Uh, less hard, but the Eagles beating the Commanders. Close game. These Commanders every time. Every we'll time they're in them, but uh doesn't matter. Eagles will take care of business in the end. 38-31. to 31. Hurts four touchdowns. Over 300 yards. Got to brown twice aj brown man is a uh just playmaker always and then um on the other side i don't know how seems for real 397 yards and four touchdowns in this game he did throw an interception um commanders kick a 61 yard field goal before the half that was wild because they line up for the 54 yarder make it uh, and it's like, well, he doesn't have enough leg. It just got real close uh, to the upright. But then they got hit for a five-yard holding penalty, and they're like, I'm going to keep him out. They're going to try it again. Boom. Knocks it from 61. Uh, Commanders take the 17-10 lead into the half. Um, the Eagles turn the ball over inside their own 10-yard line about twice in this game. But all yeah. of that, they're still able to tie this thing up at 24 with about 840-something left in the game. And then Howell's only interception was just an awful, awful time. And the Eagles took a strong lead there, didn't give it back. Actually, the Eagles and put three straight touchdowns on in the fourth quarter. That's where they took control. Yeah, that's and the fourth quarter was the huge difference. I mean, that yep. interception by Howell was so bad. It was just a was so bad. awful timing, awful, awful timing. Yeah. Don't know what he was what he was doing. And so it's stuff like that that even though you had a great game statistically – it's like this is the not to you know not to disparage your boy. I know you love him, but like this is the Kirk Cousins method, where it's like wow, statistically really really good. Oh, but this one fucking play, or even for my own, the Tony Romo, you know, where it's like mm-hmm. oh yeah, he's tearing it up statistically, and yeah, he looks pretty good. But oh, these bonehead plays every once in a while. Um, the Commanders haven't had a capable quarterback since uh, Joe Theismann. Uh, so if the Commanders have. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, he concussed himself. Took a, but it's super, like he won a Super Bowl for him. Yeah, like they just haven't had a capable quarterback in forever. If they can get something out of this, a sixth round pick, if they can get two more years of team control out of a sixth round pick quarterback and build it the right way, man, I I'd be furious as a Cowboys fan. I just don't think they're going to figure out a way to do it uh, because they are still the Commanders. Yeah, um, I mean, this game ended one score game, but it was a. Uh, Commanders touchdown with a minute left to make it that. There wasn't too much left in that game at that point. It was just no. a fourth quarter that, that turned on its head for the Commanders, who were playing very good in this game. They played the Eagles yeah. tight both times, and they just can't pull out the wins. So that's it. Fourth quarter collapse. Sell off your team. Sell off all the defenders uh, to the NFC. The other teams, you know, don't want to see them anymore. Um, well, you're 3-5. and five. you got a four-and-a-half game. You're four-and-a-half games back from the division sure, leader. sure. The Cowboys look like they're going to walk in here and fucking yeah, murder brand you for new two straight ownership games. who wants to f- change any- everything before the season ends anyways. They're already yeah. tearing out the seats. 
Um, commanders are going on the road to play the Patriots this week, Dan. Who are you taking in a Commanders-Patriots game? If you had left Chase Young and Montez Sweat, I would have taken the Commanders, but uh, I'm going to take New England at home to stop being so fucking embarrassing all the time. Um, I just don't think they're going to be able to get the pass rush that they were getting uh, with Young and Sweat, so I'm going to go uh, New England here at home. It's true. They shouldn't. Um but I don't think the Patriots' offense still does much. I'm a, I'll go Commanders on the road here. I'm going to pick up a Shijin yeah. Commanders. But, yeah, this could be a very uh, toothless Commanders team with those defenders gone. That's true. We don't really know. But I still think they're a better team. Uh, your Cowboys going on the road to Philly. This is a big one, obviously. And it's happening uh, just in the afternoon. It's 325 start Cowboys at Eagles, Dan. What a slate of games. Yeah, we got uh, a handful of strong ones. I mean, even the bad teams are playing each other, so it makes it good. <laughs> so here's here's what my Sunday shakes out like. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Miami, Kansas City. Yeah, get, waking up. For then that. I get to, and I know you're a red zone guy, but I'm a game guy. Okay, I love the so game. You pick which one for noon. Uh, I'm going to go Seattle, Baltimore. Seattle, Baltimore would be a good one to watch. You bet your bippy. You know what I'm doing at 3.30. <laughs> And then you get to see Buffalo and Cincinnati at night. What a smorgasbord! That, that's a twelve send, send the family hours out of, the of house fucking for the great whole, football. Yeah, for the whole day. Oh man, get get the fuck out of here, man! Like <laughs> I'm, I'm so excited. Glued I'm to so the, excited. Glued to the couch. Um, Thrilled. I assume you're taking the Cowboys then. Oh yeah, by fifty. <laughs> All right, I have to pick opposite you on this one. I'm gonna take the Eagles uh, at home, but I'm very excited to finally see a uh, you know healthy quarterback versus quarterback matchup here. I don't think we saw these two play each other at all last year, right? Prescott and Hurts. No. And s- weirdly, uh, Prescott has torched the Eagles mm. in his career. Okay. Like, when he's healthy and he plays the Eagles, we fuck him up. So I'm excited about this. I'm too. I'm too. It's going to be a good game. All right, let's talk about the Monday Nighter. Uh, Raiders losing to the Lions 14-26. to Garoppolo looked real bad. Uh, Gibbs oh, so looked bad. really good for the Lions. Mm-hmm. 189 total yards from scrimmage and touchdown. St. Brown, who was questionable. You were playing him in fantasy? Yes, I was playing. Oof. Uh, St. Brown, who was questionable to even play in this game, had over 100 yards. And uh, the kicker for Pat- uh, Patterson for the Lions, four for five field goals. Last one was a real embarrassing lot miss, but um, didn't matter at that point. Uh, Lions defense six sacks. This game was all Lions, even though it was a fourteen to six game after that Peters pick six early third quarter. Just just real quickly, make sure you were still awake. Yeah, I. The score makes this like this very easily could have gone to the two minute no offense because without Marcus Peters, this was a fucking drubbing. Because yep. you know they were marching down the field getting to get another touchdown. This would have been like thirty to seven at the end of the game. It was an awful pass um, though. Peters is like, I'll take it was that. terrible. It's terrible. Like, where the fuck was? Like, what was the timing? It almost seemed like um, I can't remember who the wide receiver was, but it seemed like he just ran the wrong route yeah. because he just threw it directly into the arms of Marcus Peters. Real bad. Yeah, baited him into that almost. Uh, the Lions are going on their bye week after this one. Um, we'll talk about who the Raiders are playing, but uh, yeah, obviously they're going to be looking pretty different. Um, yeah, that's really all I have for that one. You're right. It could have been two minute no offense game. We were already pretty long in this one, so uh, let's just hit the last one for the uh, for the week which was Jets-Giants. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, uh, Jets-Giants. Now, it was an overtime game. But when you make junk bowl, when you make us watch more football of this, you get shoved all the way to the end of the uh, episode. Uh, unless, you know, 
we say this was defense. Unless uh, you know, you argue with me, this was a very good defensive game. I it was one good defense. Because I, say, I kinda argue that it wasn't when um we had the Jets, you know, with Zach Wilson and we know his problems, but uh the Giants again, um Daniel Jones isn't healthy, so Tyrod uh, Tyrod, excuse me, Tyrod Taylor got the start. Man, our boy Tyrod Taylor cannot catch a break. Goes to the hospital with a rib injury in this one. Um spent time there. So the third stringer gets in for the uh New York Giants. Um Terry DeVito? I don't write his first name down, but Tommy Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito. Uh, stat line for Tommy, uh, two for seven, <laughs> negative one yards, but he didn't run a touchdown in. Um, just a crazy, if you look at the stats for this game in the Giants uh, line, it's embarrassing. Um, I, we know the Jets' problems, and we know that the Jets have a good defense, but this was just rough to watch. Um Barkley got 36 carries for 128 yards because they knew that was all they had. So he just fed it to him, fed it to him. Uh, no Giants. 36 carries. No Giants players had more than four yards receiving in this game. Four yards. Uh, Thibodeau had three sacks himself. Pagano was one for three field goals. We had a uh, roughing on a sack um, that led to the thing for the Giants uh, field goal no led to the touchdown for the Giants so that gave them the 7 to 10 which was pretty questionable already and then Gano misses that 35 yard field goal that would have made it 13 to 7 and instead we go to overtime with 10 on regulation because they got down the field to to kick the field goal Um, the Giants punt it obviously (laughs) in overtime and then how did the Jets get down there but an awful pass well not awful but it was just an awful to grab the guy for pass interference on a horribly underthrown pass that just set him up yeah. for the field goal. So it just felt like a, a, you know, please God, let it end type of game. If if you look at Zach Wilson's stat line, it's like, oh, he's getting the yards. It don't look bad. With the exception of that Brees Hall, like, catch and That's run. True. That's true. Like, that was all Brees Hall. He, like, basically was like, here, uh, so I don't get sacked. And then Brees Hall takes that shit in. What was it, like a 60-yard touchdown? Yeah. Gary Wilson had insane. 100 yards, but, yeah, there was some much there for them oh he was fucking locked in on garrett wilson every single play he's like garrett can you catch this he's like i'm triple covered he's like should i throw it it's like no <laughs> fucking don't do that just give it to Brees. it's like yeah. all right fine here you go yeah this was I, somehow and this is the nfl the nfl is the devil and they're waiting for their devil to return <laughs> somehow the jets are going to be in the mix, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. Near the end of the year. And Aaron Rodgers will return with his... No, you know, that I still don't believe. Unless, like you his said... velvet fucking Achilles. It just breaks again. Yeah. <laughs> just deer antler. It's just a deer antler. <laughs> um, yeah, I just... The Jets defense is so good that it was almost embarrassing they had to face this Giants offense. Yeah. Who just couldn't do dick all game long. Just truly, truly an awful. And the fact that they took a guy named Tommy DeVito, who's, by the way, from New fucking Jersey. <laughs> Did you know this? So I apologize. It all comes out now. So Tommy DeVito oh, yeah. is from fucking Jersey. All right? He's from Jersey. Grew up in Jersey. Went to high school in Jersey. Went to fucking school. Right? Guess where? 
Syracuse, oh, upstate yes, New York. Yes, I remember that. Went to fucking Syracuse, moves to uh, uh, Illinois, like goes to Illinois. You know, the powerhouse, the fucking Big Ten powerhouse that is Illinois and has like a fine fucking season. And then this kid is just hanging around the fucking stadium doing nothing. You know, they're like, hey, you, can you throw? You look like a handsome young Italian boy. And he goes, yeah, I can fucking throw it a little bit. I'll sling it around. And he gets signed to the practice squad. He's the emergency quarterback. Tarad's, uh, you know, fucking lung collapses. And then Tommy DeVito's in there. And he looks fucking terrible. He looks worse than, like, honestly, he had a game like I would have if I was a quarterback in the NFL. Except I would fumble more. That's the only difference is even touching me once, the ball would just fly 20 yards backwards fucking brutal yeah. this is not an nfl quality quarterback why is this guy on a team let alone taking snaps in an active nfl game it doesn't make any sense it does not make any sense we're at the point now you see i mean so many teams are down to their backup qbs that now we're seeing third string guys and these guys were never supposed to see the field these are project guys or arms for their practice squad or whatever but all of a sudden these long seasons and uh, these quarterbacks going down like f- fragile dolls. I they all we need some uh, we need a pool of some quarterbacks here to, to check into. Like I said, so the NFL can do this. But instead, we're gonna have some real stinker of games coming up. The appearance of a Tommy DeVito makes me, for the first time in a decade, think that Colin Kaepernick deserves <laughs> a shot. <laughs> That's true. Because this was not good, man. There's you're telling me. We can't get a guy that looks like just not disgusting, like ugh, brutal, brutal. So this leads us to having to discuss this uh, next week. The New York Giants are going to Vegas to play the Raiders. <laughs> Giants Raiders is a game next week. Why, uh, Dean? You got to pick that mess first. Ugh, cancel on account of awful. I'm going to take the Raiders because Max Crosby is a fucking monster um, and is an absolute fucking lunatic and i think aiden o'connell is going to live within himself and just hand the ball to josh jacobs and throw screen passes to Devonte. i don't even think they have that many weapons um in new york you know i i think honestly it's just key in on saquon and then just hold on tight that's all it is that offense is going to do nothing all game i've got the raiders picked here too but that was i think before all the mess went down of the raiders um daniel jones is supposed to be back but what is that <laughs> um yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm going to go Raiders, too, at home. against. It's just two very bad teams, but it could easily... Yeah, let's say they, they, they rally with the firing of the coach and stuff that they didn't like. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bet on the mutiny that it worked. And then finally, Monday Night Football. Let's wrap it up with the last game we get to see on this uh, long week coming for Week 9. That is the L.A. Chargers going to New York to play the Jets Monday night. This is, I mean... This is actually kind of an interesting one. I'm going to take the Chargers on the road because the Chargers need to get to four and four. The Jets uh, don't deserve to be five and three. They're not that good. But yeah, it's a a very interesting Chargers offense that I think matches up really well against a Jets defense like this. So I'm going to take the Chargers on the road, even going across the country on a Monday night. I'm going to take them to win it in prime time. I'm going to go obviously with you. I'm going to go with the Jets on this one. I've been back and forth on this one, but I think the Jets' defense has what it takes to make uh, life tough for the Chargers, who usually count on their offense to win the games at the end. So I think, yeah, Jets take care of business at home. They'll have the crowd behind them, even at the 
yeah, their perilous uh, position that they're at. So I like Jets in that one. Dan, Zach Wilson also hasn't been fucking horrible. He's just been bad. Yeah, he's just been bad. So that's that helps. Uh, we picked about four games different, I think, by my count. So we got some games up in the air here. Oh, Last yeah. week, you were only ahead of me by one game after our pretty rough week seven. <laughs> uh, but after week eight, where we definitely bounced back, I am at 74 correct now for the season, Dan. You are at 76. So you hold a ten, two it. game lead. Try to get me. above 90. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll try that this week. Um, and then to wrap this up, because we're already at an hour and a half, I just got some crazy stats. Uh, so I won't quiz you here this week. But guys, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Push Off Podcast. It was a rough one for myself personally. Um, I don't know where the season's going to go. Dan had to do this last year with the uh, hand injury to uh, Prescott. Mm-hmm. Now, you knew he was going to be back at some point, but you figured the season probably over. So, Well, I didn't. Uh, the, after the first game, I thought, oh, he's having surgery on his hand. He's out for the oh, year. Oh, okay. Okay, so yeah. There and was so I, I did have a legitimate three days where I was like, what was the point of yeah, this? Yeah, What the fuck? The whole off season? Jesus Christ. And it, it does hurt when you when you, your, your mindset goes to that. So that that could be where, where I'm heading after this week. We'll see. But, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, it, crazy things happen with this. And a lot of teams are going to have to turn to some backups here this week. So we'll see what happens. All right, Dan, some crazy stats before we wrap it up. You just said talked about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson hasn't been not terrible; he's just bad. Well, here's a crazy stat for him: he leads the NFL this year with three fourth quarter comebacks. What? Zach Wilson, comeback kid of this year. Bizarre. And now uh, the other crazy stat: I'm just, I think people have heard this one, but if you haven't, I, I need to say it. Chris McCaffrey has now tied the NFL record for most consecutive games with a touchdown with 17. Who did he tie? Who did he? Yeah. The 60s Colts running back, Lenny Moore. <laughs> Jesus. Yes. Now, God, he's got the record now like of super from Super Bowl era. It's Christian McCaffrey, man. Jesus. That's my crazy stats. That is our episode of week eight and everything that happened. But uh, we need to, to wrap it up, Dan, with your parting words of wisdom. My parting words of wisdom are this. Take a towel. Lay down on the ground, wrap that towel around the top of your foot, and pull that towel towards you, pulling the top of your foot towards you. That is what is known as a stretch of the Achilles. Do yourself a favor in this very dangerous time for Achilles. I would say it is as equally dangerous being an Achilles tendon as it is living in the Gaza Strip right now. (laughs) It's dangerous out there for these Achilles, y'all. Stretch your Achilles. I don't know what it was when Kirk Cousins, maybe it's just because I'm 37, (laughs) Kirk was 35. When his Achilles went, knowing that Aaron Rodgers' Achilles went, I started to have like sympathy Achilles pains where I was like, ooh, she's feeling tight. Mm. Oh, okay. I got to start stretching. Did I walk around enough? Yeah. Yeah. Would would I be able to play in an NFL (laughs) game at my level of fitness? So do yourself a favor stretch if you feel something a little tight just stretch it out baby you You know take two minutes take three minutes in the middle of the day you know what nobody's gonna do once you hit 30 Uh, think less of you for stretch self-care by all means stretch all right well thank you guys so much for joining us i'm scott and this is dan we'll see you next time enjoy everybody goodbye